Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Amen, amen. Everybody doing well? You doing good? Oh, let me try it again. You doing good? All right, you look good. It's good to see you guys. Uh, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne are out today. They're at the Rock of Wilmington in beautiful North Carolina uh, with the McGee family. And so they miss you. We miss them, but they will be back next week. And uh, we look forward to getting them back. But today, Pastor Ron is with you. I have, uh, uh, if I have not met you, I'm Pastor Ron and you're not. And so it's really good to see you today. Uh, And so uh, we're going to continue our summer camp series with week number four. And today we're going to talk about that wonderful camp activity called archery. So uh, this is my bow. And I will go ahead and say with my bow, I'm probably the least qualified person to talk about archery. Uh, I really do not qualify because with this bow, I missed two deer at 25 yards. Josh, it's okay to laugh. My son laughed and Sean laughed and others laughed at me. Uh, But with this bow, I missed two deer at 25 yards. Now I made up for it, but uh, I am probably the least qualified to talk about archery. So here's what I'm going to do. Not going to talk about archery. (laughs) I'm going to leave that alone and we'll leave that for more qualified people. So here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about hitting the mark or hitting the bullseye of your life. That's what I want to talk about, hitting the bullseye of your life. God spoke to me years ago and said uh, in different terms, he said, this is the mandate of your calling. That's hitting the bullseye of Pastor Ron's life. And you have a bullseye in your life that God wants you to hit. Now, when I talk about hitting the bullseye, really what I want to do is subtitle this message this way, removing or dealing with distractions. Because one of the great things that messes up our focus as we aim for that bullseye is just a little bit of distraction. Let me go ahead and define distraction for you. Here it is. Distraction is looking at the things that are unimportant when I should be focused on the thing that is the most important. That's what a distraction is. It's looking at something that really doesn't have the value that it should carry in my life. And so I get distracted and and opposed to looking at what is the most important thing. I look at all these distracting things that really don't carry a lot of weight. Now, let me go ahead and pick on my buddy Peter for just a second, as we do a lot of times. And quite honestly, Peter probably deserved most of it. But the fact is, here's Peter. Get this in your mind's eye. Here's Peter able to do something that no one has ever done before. He's able to walk on water. And he's about to walk on water. He's taking those steps on water. And the most important person in his life, Jesus, is in front of him. But what does Peter look at? The wind and the waves. Instead of looking at the most important thing, ultimately he looks at something that is relatively unimportant. And that's what distraction really is. Instead of looking at what is really truly important, 
We get our eyes focused on those things that really carry no eternal weight or value in our lives. And instead of looking at what is important, we look at the unimportant. Now, let me ask you a question. How many times have we missed what is possible because we were focused on what we were missing? How many times we miss what we really could be doing because we get bogged down in the little trivial things that really don't carry that much weight and we think we're missing something that we rightfully deserve, we should have it. Well, let me give you a little secret. If you should have it, God give it to you. You're supposed to have it, God will give it to you. But we get all wrapped up in these distractions, worried about all these things that I don't have, when in reality, we miss the possible because we're focusing on the things that we're missing. Now, let Pastor Ron do you a really, really big favor, okay? Will you allow me to do you a real big favor? Everybody said, oh yeah. yeah. I'm gonna do you a big favor. I'm gonna take all the worry out of your life in five seconds. That's worth the offering now, come on. That's worth the price of admission. I'm gonna take all the worry out of your life by telling you this. I'm gonna set you at ease by telling you this. God already knows and is already providing for me, for you rather, everything you need. So let me set you at ease. God already knows what you need and he's already providing. Is it here right now? Maybe not. Maybe it's on the way, but he's in the process of providing for you everything you need. Matthew chapter 6 says it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything that you need will be added to you. Everything you need will be added to you. See, a lot of times I miss the mark and I don't receive provision, not because God's not able to give provision, but my priorities aren't lined up. It's not a lack of provision. It's a lack of priority. But guys, when I line up my plans with his purpose, he pours out on me everything I need. And he pours out on me, pours out on me. Everybody say pours. He pours out on me things the world's grasping for. The world's just getting a little bit of a taste. God's pouring out on me because he's the God that does exceedingly, abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. So when I line up my plans with his purpose, he pours out on me everything that I really, really, really do need. Now, in order to do that, I've got to bring focus into my life and I've got to fight distraction. Now, I'm a real big believer in, and you probably have heard me say this, but I'll say it again, that uh, in spiritual warfare, I fight with opposites. I fight lust with love. I fight pride with humility. I fight depression with joy. I fight anxiety with peace. I fight distraction with focus. So I fight with opposites. So I've got to fight distraction by allowing God to bring focus in to my life. Let me show you four things that focus weaves into our daily lives. Number one, it weaves passion into my life an, an, an excitement of an anticipated future. How many of you like Pastor Ron are kind of like this? You find yourself expecting something and those emotions start kind of churning inside of you and you just can't wait until it comes about. 
just can't wait. That's what we're talking about. You're passionate about it coming about, and there is an excitement of an anticipated future, and focus weaves that into my life. The second thing it weaves is motivation. All of a sudden, the mundane matters. Those things, listen to me now, those things that we see every day, we look at every day, we experience every day, we tell ourselves we've got to do every day those mundane things, all of a sudden they carry some weight. All of a sudden they matter in our lives. Number three, direction. Focus causes us to prioritize our values. Those things that we know are extremely important, when I get really focused, I prioritize those things that I know are important, and those values stand up in my life. And then the last one, I love this one. It weaves purpose into my life. Here's what it says. If I don't show up, something good is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I've got purpose in my life. I've told you this a thousand times. No matter where you go, No matter what you're doing, whenever you showed up, it just got better because you took Jesus into the middle of that situation. It just got better because you showed up. I mean, you can go in the darkest situation in the world, the darkest circumstance in the world, and when you showed up, it just got better because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and that's the spirit that showed up. Not just you. Yeah, yay you. Everybody say, yay me. I'll say it better than that. Yay, me. Yeah, yay, you. But not just you. It's also the Spirit of God that dwells and works in you, shows up wherever you go, and things just got better. You missed a good place to shout. Turn and look at somebody and say, that's you. Look at somebody else and say, that's you. All right. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul has got something that he's trying to hit the bullseye on. Paul is doing his best to establish a church in a real, 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 real interesting area of Macedonia, Thessalonica. And this area had all kinds of problems and all kinds of oppositions. It was an area that was full of distractions. They were distracted by a lot of wealth. The Ignatian Way is what they called it. And you had to get from one area of Asia Minor to another area of Asia Minor by taking this route. And that's where a lot of trade was. And there was a lot of money in this area. So Paul and his people could easily be distracted by wealth. They were distracted by opposition. A lot of people just didn't like Paul. They didn't like his theology. He said, there's only one way to Christ. And everybody else said, no, there's a lot of ways to Christ. So he was getting opposed to by his theology. A very occultic area. A lot of strong cults in this area that were trying to run Paul out. He was also opposed by the Roman government. No matter what Paul was trying to do, the Roman government was trying to shut him down. And then lastly, this was a real, real, real strong area of the distraction of sexual sin. As I told you probably in one other message, this area of Macedonia, rather, would make today look like Mayberry when it came to sexual sin. Just off the charts as to what they were allowing to take place. So an area that was full of distraction. But Paul decided this, I've got a target I've got to hit. And that target I'm going to hit is establishing a church in an extremely distracting area. Here's how he did it. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We'll start reading in verse 2. I'll read, you follow along. Here we go. We always thank God for all of you. 
and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we loved among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model. Everybody say model. Say it real loud. So you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait. Everybody say wait. wait. Say it one more time. Wait. Say it like you really dislike it. For his, how many of you like waiting? If you wait, if you raise your hand and say you like waiting, we're going to go ahead and have a prayer line right now. None of us like waiting. It's that indispensable period of moments between the, the promise and the, the victory. It's that indispensable time period between what God said he was going to do and him actually doing it. And we just don't like to wait. Our human flesh doesn't like to wait. But look what Paul says. If you're going to hit the mark, if you're going to hit the bullseye, here's what you got to do. You got to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who he rescues us from the coming wrath. So here's what Paul did. Paul hit his mark. Paul hit the bullseye of his life. How did he do it? Here's how we do it. We hit the mark of our life. We hit the bullseye of our life when our heart is right. Verse 2 through 4, we continually remember before our God your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. Look at what's going on, guys. Paul's getting blasted, man. Paul's getting chased. He's getting beat up. He's getting opposed. He's getting slammed. He's getting thrown in jail. And what's Paul's heart saying? I love you guys. That's what it's saying. I love you guys. He's getting pushed back. He's getting opposed. And he's saying, I love you guys. Why? His heart is right. Please get this principle. Every arena of our life intersects with what's going on in our hearts. Everything passes through on its way to where it's going. So if my heart's right, guys, no matter what goes through it, it's going to come out looking good. If my heart is pure, no matter what comes against me, whatever infiltrates my mind, whatever infiltrates my heart, whatever infiltrates my spirit, no matter what it looks like going in, if my heart is right, it's coming out looking really good. Every area of your life, every area of your life intersects with that pure heart that God has created in you. So I've got to ask myself this question, what's my motive? What is my motive? You know, motive is where we get the word motor. What's driving you? What's pushing you? 
What's moving you? Because if I've got my motive right, if I've got my heart right, then no matter what goes through, it's coming out looking really good. So I got to get my heart right. I got to get my, my attitude right. I got to get my spirit right. Here's why. The invisible kingdom inside a person ultimately, ultimately becomes the visible kingdom around them. Out of the heart flow the issues of life. So whatever's going on in here, if it's good or bad, it's eventually coming out. So if my heart is right, when it's right, it comes out looking really good. Here's how Jesus said it. Jesus said it this way, blessed are the pure in heart, for they're not going to see distractions. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they're not going to see everything else that's going around them in culture. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they're not going to see all this junk and funk that's going on in America. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they're going to see God. Come on, somebody. They're going to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they're going to see God. They're not going to see the distraction of a very dark, demonic culture. They're going to see a bright and shining morning star. Mm, That was good right there. That's what they're going to see. Look at Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23, 26 says this, give me your heart, give me your heart, and let your eyes delight in my ways. Let your heart be pure. Let your heart be right. And then what your eyes see are not the things that are causing distractions, but what your eyes see are the beauty of what God is doing in your life and my life. Second way I hit the mark. Here we go. The second way I hit the mark It's when I follow the right example. When I follow the right example. Verse 6 and 7, you became imitators. Everybody say imitators. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. Follow me as I follow Christ. You became imitators of us and the Lord and so became a model to all believers. You know what distraction does? Distraction creates excuses. Distraction creates excuses. Well, you know, I I know they were able to do it, but I'll never be able to do that because I'm just, I'm just not that anointed. I'm just not that gifted. I I know they did it, man. They were so good at it. They're such a great model to doing something so well. I'll never be able to do that because I just, I just don't have that, uh, that ability to do the same thing. I don't have that gifting. And so what that does is that creates an excuse that causes me to believe I'm kind of let off the hook. An excuse will cause me to believe I'm let off the hook. But here's what happens. I will always repeat the problems I refuse to take responsibility for. I'm always going to repeat the same thing that I don't accept responsibility for. You know, we talk a lot about maturity as it relates to age. But I don't believe maturity has anything to do with a chronological age. I think maturity has everything to do with a willingness to accept responsibility for your life. Doesn't have anything to do with age. I've sat with 50-year-old men that were kids. And I've sat with 25-year-old men that were wise beyond their years because they were willing to accept responsibility and, and quit making excuses for their life and accept responsibility for what was going on And more importantly, what did they need to do to correct it? Because here's what happens in my life. Freedom begins when the lies I tell myself end. I quit excusing myself. I quit lying to myself. 
I quit making up things that really aren't true. That's when I really get set free. Because I get set free because I face reality. Come on, somebody, and say, oh, yeah. I get set free because I face reality. And what I do is I see how wonderful God is, but I also see the example that you've set for me. See, here's the deal we got to understand. True accomplishment begins with an awareness of God's grace, but it grows in an appreciation of everybody that's around me. It starts with seeing how great God is. It grows by seeing how great you are and how great you are in my life, how great you are in each other's life. True greatness, true accomplishment really is born out of seeing that I serve a great God that I cannot get past his goodness. But at the same time, it continues by seeing how valuable you are in my life, how you you know, Pastor Nathan, can I, I know he's sitting on the front row, but I'm going to give him, I don't want to, I don't want to steal his thunder in any way because he did a phenomenal job. Everybody give it up for Pastor Nathan. Come on. He did such a great job last week of talking about this part, but I've got to hit it again. It really ministered to me when you talked about how that I know I can make it because as I climb that wall, the good news is somebody has already been up that wall. I know I can take that next step because somebody's blazed a trail. And because they blazed a trail, they made my spiritual journey and my path a lot more clear. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. It's born out of how great God is. I'm tethered to God, but I'm also tethered to the example of how you made it, so can I. You did it, so can I. But it all comes back to understand the focus of seeing what your example looks like, not only each other's example, but the example that Jesus has set for us. I, I told the first service that uh, I, I thought of something, and, and, and they may have seen me scratching on my iPad, because I wrote down something that uh, I wanted to share with them, so I'm going to share it with you too. Just came to me this morning and kind of goes with this point right here and this point of setting an example or following an example. In 1990, Barbara and I went to pastor a church in Natchez, Mississippi, the oldest city on the Mississippi River, full of Southern tradition, full of Southern heritage, full of Southern tradition, full of Southern tradition, full of Southern tradition, full of Southern tradition. I mean, enough to tra tradition to, it's got tradition. And I really loved it. And I loved the people. But it was so different than what I had come out of and what I was used to. It was just hard to deal with everything that was there. And so I found myself saying this all the time, said, man, this is a strange place. This is a strange place. I, just, I was just so different. And my, what my eyes were looking at was the difference of this geographical region and the difference of this southern heritage and tradition as opposed to what I was used to. That's where my focus was. And so it caused me to say words like this. This is a strange place. I would drive around the city, man. I'd drive around the city and I'd pray over the city and I'd be praying over the city and I'd say, man, this is a strange place. And I'd work, I'd walk around the office, you know, I'd love on people, but I'd go home and tell Barbara, this is a strange place. It's a strange place. It's weird. It's different. It's just, I don't know, I don't know how to handle it. It's a strange place. 
One night we went across the river to Vidalia, Louisiana to be in a meeting with the crazy Cajun Jesse Duplantis. And as we get there, we're, uh, we're enjoying the service. And at the end of the service, Jesse had three couples come up that he prayed over. Two other couples and Barbara and I. And so he prayed over this couple. And then he's prayed over that couple. And he stepped in front of Barbara and I to pray. And just before he reached up to lay hands on me, he stopped. And he said, the Lord wants you to know, son, that he's aware you're in a strange place. He said, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, for he is ex your example. Fix your focus and keep your courage and watch what God is going to do for you. Amen. Changed my ministry life. Changed my ministry life. He said, fix your focus. Fix your focus and keep your courage and watch what God is going to do for you. You know, Man, I've got some great examples. You've got some great examples. My dad was one of the most phenomenal examples I've ever been around, especially when it came to the area of integrity. What a phenomenal example he was. Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, wonderful examples to us. I want to be an example to you, but let me tell you something, guys. Follow me as I follow Christ, because I'm probably going to let you down. I want to be an example in your life, and you're an example into my life. But I'm following you as you follow Christ. You follow me as I follow Christ. Number three, how else do we hit the mark? We hit the mark by remaining faithful. Verse 9 and 10, they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven. We hit the mark by remaining faithful. You've heard me say it a thousand times. I'll say it again. The greatest test in the kingdom is the test of faithfulness. The greatest test, anybody can be faithful for a day. Can you be faithful for a year? A lot of people can be faithful for a year. Can you be faithful for a decade? The greatest test in the kingdom is the test of faithfulness. But the good news is it's the greatest test in the kingdom, but it also brings the greatest reward. Greatest test, but brings the greatest reward. But I got to be faithful due to my focus get my eyes off the distractions and be faithful due to my focus because when my eye is single, therefore my whole body is full of light. But see, here's what happens. A distorted lens creates distorted images. When my focus is clear, I'm seeing right. My target is right. My aim is right. You know, Paul was distracted, guys. Paul was distracted by verse 8. He was distracted by fame. Everybody knew who Paul was. We've already read it. Everybody knew who Paul was. The Roman government knew who Paul was. He was distracted by fame. Verse 9, he was distracted by opposition. There were cults. There was a government. There were groups that were opposed to Paul's theology. He was distracted by opposition. And then he was that distracted, the distracted rather, by that thing that we've already talked about, that distraction of time. That moment, that unanswered moment between promise and provision. That element between God's voice and victory. That element that we don't know how long it's going to be, and it can be a huge distraction, but faithfulness hits the mark every time. And here's what happens. When you're faithful, your fear turns to faith. 
How many of you know that, man, I'm walking this thing called my spiritual journey, and there are times it's causing me to shake in my boots. There are times it's causing me to really feel the pressure. It's causing me to really feel that turned up heat. I'm, I'm on my spiritual journey, but it's kind of intense right now because that fear is looming over me like a dark cloud. Let me encourage you, brother. Let me encourage you, sister, stay faithful because that fear soon turns to faith. Your pain turns to potential. How many of you like Pastor Ron? You've been on that spiritual journey and you're walking it out and it hurts. Somebody's disappointed you. Somebody's let you down. Life turned on a dime and created a scenario that you never saw and felt like your heart cords were being ripped out by the roots. Pain, keep being faithful. Keep being faithful because that pain turns to potential. That, t- that pain turns to answer. And then rejection, it turns to destiny. That rejection, that disappointment that you and I probably experienced on some level this week, some level, maybe not a great level, maybe not a huge level, maybe not a deep level, maybe a deep level, I don't know. But you re- experienced some level of disappointment this week. Don't cash in your chips. Don't throw in the towel. Stay faithful because that disappointment, that rejection turns to that moment where you can stand up and say, I was in pain. I was hurting. I was disappointment, disappointed rather. I felt rejected, but now I stand on the mountain of victory and God has brought victory into my life. So let me ask you a question before I wrap up. What does your bullseye look like? What does your bullseye look like? What is, what is the bullseye of all of our lives? I know there are specific bullseyes for everybody in here, but what does the bullseye of everybody in here, what does it look like? It looks like a pure heart, a heart that's been renewed by the power of God. It looks like a free mind, not a mind that's oppressed by distraction or out of focus characteristics, but it looks like a mind that's been set free and free indeed. Not the lies of the past, You're walking in freedom, so you're not lying to yourself anymore. You're walking in the joy of the Lord, so you're not dealing with those those tricks and schemes of the enemy, but you're able to walk in a free mind. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in you, setting that mind free. And then it looks like number three, it looks like a faithful spirit. Not going to be faithful for a moment, going to be faithful for a millennium, going to be faithful from now on bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that we have the ability through you to hit the mark, to hit the bullseye of our life. I thank you that through you, through your goodness, through your grace, through your positioning, through your promise, we're able to hit the bullseye of our lives. And so I pray over this group today, Lord. I pray, Lord, for those that don't know Jesus, they're missing the mark because they haven't received you as Lord and Savior of their life. And so they're aiming at a lot of things and pulling the trigger and missing every time. But Father, you have the ability to come into their life even now and cause them to start hitting that mark of salvation and hitting that mark of following Christ. I pray for those of us that know you, Lord, we're followers of Jesus but we're aiming at that bullseye, but we're just missing the mark of our life. I pray for us in that regard also. 
And so, Lord, I just ask you to do whatever you've got to do with your, your tender touch to minister to our lives right now and turn our life from distractions to focus in Jesus' name. Nobody looking around, every head bow, every eye closed for just a second. You're here today and you're saying, Pastor Ron, I'm missing the mark. And I'm missing the mark because I don't know Jesus. Never accepted him as Lord and Savior. Or maybe you accepted him as Lord and Savior of life, but you've walked away from that. And the result of that is you're missing the mark. You're missing the bullseye of your life. And you're saying, Pastor Ron, I'm missing the mark because I don't know Jesus, I'm not serving Jesus, but I want to start hitting that bullseye again and allow Jesus to come into my life as Lord and Savior. Would you please pray for me? Put your hand up right where you are. Put your hand up right where you are. Yes, 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 you can put it down. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Just gonna wait just a second. Yes. So here's what I want to do. For those of you that raised your hands, again, every head bow, every eye closed, I'm going to lead you in prayer. And I'm going to pray for you because here's what the Bible says. The Bible makes it real simple. If you confess with your mouth, but you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again and you accept him, you shall be saved. Your life's turned around and you start hitting that mark. So I'm going to lead you in prayer. And this entire congregation is going to pray because, again, like Paul said to the Thessalonians, we love you. I'm going to lead you in prayer. You pray out loud with everybody else, but believe it in your heart as you pray. And Jesus is coming into your life. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you, and I ask you right now to change my life. Change my life by allowing me to come into a knowledge of Jesus by saying this, Father, I repent. I ask you to forgive me, and I ask you to help me turn my life around, to go from a life that's been shooting at air to a life that's hitting the mark, hitting the bullseye, following Christ. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, turn me around, change my direction, make all things new. I am now a new creature in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for doing that work in me through Jesus. Come on, put your hands together and say thank God. Now, if you will, just for a second, keep your head down, your eyes closed, your head bowed, just for a second. I just felt so strongly to do this in the first service, and I I saw God really Uh, move in this. So I want to do it again. Nobody's looking around. You're here today and say, Pastor Ron, I love Jesus. I serve Jesus. I follow Jesus, but I'm missing the mark. I'm not hitting the bullseye of my life. I'm shooting, but I'm not hitting the mark. I'm missing the mark. And I would love for you to pray for me that I can bring things back into order so that I'm hitting the bullseye of my life. Just out of focus. I'm getting distracted. I'm looking at everything but Jesus like you talked about earlier. And I would love it if you would pray for me that I'll focus back on the things of God and start hitting the mark of my life. Would, would you please pray for me? If that's you this morning, put your hand up right where you are. Yes, yes, yes. Keep it there for just a second. Got a lot of hands, so keep it up for just a second. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for the courage 
just as that word was spoken over me. Fix your focus and establish your courage. I thank you for fixed focus and established courage in this place this morning for those that are saying, that's me. I love you, Lord, but I'm missing the mark. I love you, Lord, but I'm missing the mark. I love you, Lord, but I'm not hitting the bullseye of my life. And so, Father, I'm asking you to minister to these that have raised their hand. In courage and faith, they've raised their hand, Lord. And as we say, faith and faithfulness is a great test, but it brings a great reward. So, Lord, you're rewarding them with your presence, your power, your spirit, your wisdom, your direction, your compassion, your joy, and your focus to be able to see that bullseye and walk toward it blocking out just like those those blinds are on the eyes of animals sometimes we block out every one of those distractions and we declare right now say this out loud i want say it out loud come on i want my eye to be single and enjoy the fact that my whole life is full of the light of god give the lord a big ovation of praise now Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.